This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Francis has issued yet another reform of the Roman Curia, this time one that will ensure that the next batch of bishops are of his liking. That's not that surprising to anyone who has been paying attention at all these last several years, nor should it surprise anyone that it's another rupture from the history of the church, something Francis has been rather deft at doing throughout his reign on the throne of Peter. But amidst this are some silly rumors that we need to dispel, including one saying, a moderate bishop that many of you really like will be the next pope because some bishops are apparently violating canon law and scheming to put him on the throne of Peter, or that Francis is going to retire soon, neither of which are true. But they are creating a buzz, so let's take a look and dispel some of these rumors while we take a look at the latest heterodox thing Francis is doing in the name of the church. And let's start with the modernist chief and what he's doing. Francis, the great and merciful one, has decided to embrace the values of the world by putting some nice ladies in a position to help choose who gets appointed bishops in the future. That seems nice of him, or so the secular world would say. Not that such a move will get people to enter the church, of course, since selling the values of the, of the church out to the world has never worked as intended. Headline from VaticanNews.va, the BBC of the Vatican. Pope Francis says he will appoint women to dicastery for bishops. In the third part of his interview with the Reuters news agency, Pope Francis shares his plans to expand the role of women in the Roman Curia and announces his intention to appoint two women to the dicastery that assists the pontiff in the selection of bishops. All right, so this is an unprecedented move in the history of the church. This article won't tell you why he's doing it, what Francis's real reason is, but I'll tell you that after we give the official media mouthpiece of apostate Rome due attention. From the article, quote, Pope Francis has announced his intention to appoint two women to the dicastery of bishops, who will therefore be involved in the process of choosing new bishops. The Pope made the remarks in an interview with Reuters senior correspondent Philip Pueya in response to questions about the presence of women in the Vatican. The new apostolic constitution, Predicate Evangelium, which reforms the Curia, and about which dicasteries, Vatican offices, could be entrusted to a layman or woman in the future. I am open should an opportunity arise. Right now, the government has a deputy governor. Now, two women will be going to the congregation of bishops on the commission of to elevate bishops. In this way, things open up a little bit. Pope Francis then added, in the future, he sees the possibility of lay people being appointed to lead certain Vatican departments, such as the Dicastery for the Laity, Family and Life, the Dicastery for Culture and Education, or the Vatican Apostolic Library. End quote. Look, this appointment has two real purposes. First, he's signaling to his secular allies that he's on the same page with them for their program of keeping the church secularized and promoting the current Western order that rejects traditionalist understanding of the social order, including the relationship between men and women. That's blatantly obvious here. But there's a second purpose. Francis is taking steps to ensure that bishops in the future are of his liking. He isn't going anywhere anytime soon, and he intends to make sure no good clerics slip into the ranks of the Episcopate, that all bishops moving forward are Francis bishops. And there's a silly rumor floating around every year, but especially in the summer, that Francis is retiring. He's not going to retire. Like I said, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to resign. He said as much recently. From Reuters, headline, Pope Francis denies he is planning to resign soon.
I know many of you are hoping he's going to resign, and clearly there are forces in the Roman Curia who want him to resign, and I'll get to another stupid rumor in a moment. But let's give Francis's denial a, the due time it deserves and let him speak in his own words. Quote, Rumors have swirled in the media that a conjunction of events in late August, including meetings with the world's cardinals to discuss a new Vatican constitution, a ceremony to induct new cardinals, and a visit to the Italian city of L'Aquila, could foreshadow a resignation announcement. L'Aquila is associated with Pope Celestine V, who resigned the papacy in 1294. Pope Benedict XVI visited the city four years before he resigned in 2013, the first pope to do so in about 600 years. But Francis, alert and at ease throughout the interview as he discussed a wide range of international and church issues, laughed the idea off. All of these coincidences made some think that the same liturgy would happen, he said. But it never entered my mind. For the moment, no. For the moment, no. Really. End quote. He later says that he will have the duty to resign if his physical condition gets so bad that he can't govern the church anymore. I doubt it'll ever get to that place where he feels compelled to step down, since it's clear he loves power. But that never stops these stupid rumors from floating around. Every year for the past three years, I've covered the rumors of his resignation. And after the first year, it became obvious that those rumors were not based on anything real, that they were just the fantasies and wishful thinking of someone in the Roman Curia. Both Francis's men and his opponents obviously want him to resign. That much is frankly obvious. It's why there have been a whole host of articles lately claiming that the next pope will be Cardinal Zuppi or Turkson or Togle. But then you get this one from the other side of the ecclesiastical aisle. From Gloria TV, we get this headline promoting another stupid rumor. The next pope, here's his name. Hate to be the one to tell you this, since many of you will love this idea. But I'm going to dump water on this one with a quote that this person said in a book they wrote and had published. Because this person, a cardinal that many of you love, spends an awful lot of time praising Francis and expressing his support for him in no uncertain terms publicly. But at first, here's who Glory TV is promoting. Quote, The cardinals already have their man for the next pope, a high place source told Gloria TV. They won't say anything specific about who he is, but in private, they confirm that they have selected him. If asked by a journalist, they will toss out some name who doesn't have a chance. The source did not explicitly name the candidate to Gloria TV, but spent a long time praising one man. That man was Cardinal Robert Seurat, who turned 77 on June 15th, end quote. Before I tell you why Cardinal Seurat isn't that great of an idea for Pope, I'll just point out something obvious here. It's a violation of the Code of Canon Law that would invalidate the conclave and the elevation of a Pope if people politic ahead of time. That's in the Code of Canon Law, John Paul II put it there himself, meaning if they plan, scheme, or get behind a candidate ahead of time. The Cardinals know this, which is why that's probably not true, that the rumor is not true. Gloria TV is being taken for a ride here. Well, Cardinal Seurat would be an obvious improvement over Francis the Great Merciful. There's a problem with Cardinal Seurat. He adores Francis. He really does. Don't believe me? In a new book called For Eternity, Meditations on the Role of the Priest, Cardinal Robert Seurat identifies the biggest problem in the church as clericalism and repeats much of what Francis has to say about clericalism. Are you surprised? I'm not, to be honest, and I like Cardinal Seurat. He's just my—he's just far from my first choice for Pope, not that my opinion or any of ours really on who should be the next Pope matters all that much. The prime example that really should stick in the minds of many of the people in the audience for why I say these things about Cardinal Robert Seurat who, again, I like and will happily 
present any writings he has in the future should he make them available, which he rarely does anymore. But back in 2020, we lost in many places the ability to have communion received the way all of our ancestors in the faith did, kneeling and on the tongue. As Latin Rite Catholics, that is the way things had always been done. Communion in the hand was something Cardinal Robert Seurat himself fought against and fought against with a great deal of vigor and he didn't mince words when he did it and more and he deserves credit for that undoubtedly but in 2020 he changed his tune telling people that a quote sure principle in order not to err is obedience obedience to the norms of the church obedience to the bishops in times of difficulty bishops and episcopal conferences can give provisional norms which must be obeyed Obedience safeguards the treasure entrusted to the church. These measures, taking away communion in the, on the tongue and forcing everyone to receive in the hand, these measures given by the bishops and Episcopal conferences expire when the situation returns to normal. End quote. He, instead of standing up for what the, for the orthodox practice of the, receiving the Eucharist, jumped on board with the official story and official narrative coming out of the USCCB and from our secular rulers. And that cost him a lot of trust with a lot of Catholics who then, well, saw the rest of these things I'm about to show you. Sandra Magister wrote a review of his book for his own website. This about sums up the problem I'm driving at. Quote, in this new book as well, Seurat has only four, has only words of esteem for Pope Francis for the quote unquote benevolence and quote unquote attention with which he is said to have read and shared his previous writings. But more than from him, he draws from other popes, from Pius XII, from John Paul II, and above all, from Benedict XVI, to offer readers solid teaching on the true nature of the priesthood, quote, which did not invent, but is a gift from God. And above all, he takes up as a sources of reflection great saints like Catherine of Siena, doctors of the church like Augustine and Gregory the Great, eminent Catholic thinkers like Georges Bernayos and John Henry Newman, end quote. Ah, uh, yes, Francis, well known for his benevolence and attention. Wonderful. Nothing instills confidence in the future like an otherwise decent bishop thinking Francis is benevolent. But I'll give you a quote from his book that is good as well to balance the scales a bit and to be transparent. Here's Cardinal Seurat as he rejects Francis's reform of the curia that puts laity in charge of dicasteries. And I'll assume by extension that Cardinal Seurat would reject putting lay women in the position to help choose new bishops. From the article, quote, Sometimes one hears it said that the exercise of authority must be separated from the ordained ministry. It is stated here and there that the government in the church can be as much the work of men and as, as of women, of lay people as well as of priests and bishops. Such statements are terribly ambiguous and destructive of the hierarchical structure of the church, as Jesus Christ himself thought of and intended it. Of course, there are lay people, men and women, more competent in communication, management, and strategies of governance than our priests. They need to be given the proper roles of confidence and consultation. Strictly speaking, however, government in the church is not in the main a competence, but a presence, that of Christ as servant and shepherd. That is why the function of government can never be exercised in the church by others who are not ordained ministers, end quote. And that's precisely correct. I just lost confidence in Cardinal Seurat when I noticed his praise of Francis repeated over and over again at seemingly every opportunity over the years. He often tweets quotes of Francis, which if you've ever seen the things Francis tweets can most charitably be described as 
vapid, vaguely culturally Christian stuff for the most part. But it's all a moot point anyway. Cardinal Seurat is 77 and will age out of being able to become Pope in three years. He won't be able to participate in the conclave, and they wouldn't choose someone who is 80 anyway. They're unlikely to choose someone 77 to be Pope. That's just a fact. Francis will probably hold out that long. But even if he doesn't, there's another problem with Seurat becoming Pope. Francis has chosen two-thirds of the participating cardinals for the next conclave, meaning he has two of the three cardinals likely on his side. That, by the way, is the percent needed to choose a pope. It would take a huge defection of cardinals to choose even a moderate pope, someone like Seurat, let alone a traditionalist pope, which Cardinal Seurat would certainly not be. But that's my opinion, and it may have upset some of you, so let me know what you think in the comments, please. I have featured Cardinal Seurat's public letters before on this channel, and if he issues one that is good or timely on some subject in the church, I'll do so again, just like I do with Cardinal Mueller, who's also a moderate. But beyond that, I have other prelates I prefer to see on the throne of Peter. Though again, what I want in this matter doesn't matter in the slightest in the grand scheme of things. But what do you think about Francis's new quote-unquote reform? Or the rumors of his impending retirement? Are you like me and say, well, we've heard this every summer now for the past few years, and they've never come true so far, so why would they be true this time? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.